A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight-errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. Welcome back, everyone, to year 537 of Blood and Lust, a Pendragon story starring me, Craig, as the Game Master, and Adam as the intrepid hero, Sir Goldston. How are you today, Adam? Good, Craig. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, hopefully we can get through this uh, and excited to dish this back out to you. Hell yeah. Very excited. So speaking of excitement... The, the madman is racing his horse through the snow, and there's a wild fury burning in his eyes. Can I start off the game with a con roll? Uh, that's going to be a fail for me. A 18 on a 17. All right. So the, the madman is out in the cold for quite some time. He looks up. Weeks go by. Months go by. The snow lessens. He looks up and sees darkness blotting the sun. A big object moves its way in front of the sun, and dogs can be heard barking in the distance. So, we're going to have a atypical winter phase going so far. You will not be having a solo this year, because you've been mad throughout this entire past year. Uh, can you remind us, Adam, what turned Gullison so melancholic and raging mad well seems like so long ago now uh, but also feels like yesterday i was in the tournament when a dragon appeared from the ground and killed my brother uh practically killed him where he stood i flew into a rage and uh me and many others battled this dragon until it eventually died, uh, but I was filled with such a such a bloodlust and and hatred and just sorrow for seeing my brother uh, die in such a horrific way that I rode off into the woods and I just didn't stop riding. And um, yeah, it's just it's been a long time, I guess. So. Sir Golston has been moving through the forest, avoiding people as best as he could, because you never know what's going to be out there. You never know like who who is what they say they are. You never know when just behind any unseem unseemly hill there's a dragon just waiting to jump out and tear your friends and loved ones to pieces. You kind of lose yourself in these weeks, these months. And I'm going to have to start off with, can you roll me a 2d6? This is going to be Sir Golston's actually first uh, aging roll. Uh, that's a six, a four, and a two. Well, Sir Golston does leave a charmed life, and he's able to weather the cold. I'm imagining a big giant beard on his face right now. Yeah. And, uh, just very haggard look. 
and you're still wearing your armor and it's been rusted through. Uh, luckily, you weren't wearing your best outfit underneath that. But, uh, you know, like there's like a ragged beard and like specks of rust all over the place. And like, I mean, chain wasn't really meant to keep out the like the chilling cold. But uh, you're w- walking and wandering through the woods and you're wearing this giant ragged white and green uh piece of cloth and it's kind of stitched together with another that's black and gold at this point you look up and you see a manor in the distance and there's some heraldry kind of hanging from it in a what you would consider a funerary display can you make me a heraldry roll please that's going to be a fail. A uh, seventeen, a seventeen on a six. All right. the The knight's bonus doesn't do anything for you there. Not that famous, but the emblem is familiar enough. But you can't quite place it. Uh, can you check heraldry and recognize? You're beginning to realize who you are, or at least why you're here. These lands are not unfamiliar to you anymore. You don't really know what you've been up to the last few weeks, months, but you're recognizing the land. So, atypical winter phase, time to make your experience checks. Any skills, passions, traits that you have checked, uh, make sure you roll them now. You would still get the benefit of your energetic and your dancing checks because you did were in possession of them since the start of last winter phase for your dancing teacher and your melisarium and just let me know when you're finished with that and we'll go over the changes if any all right i'm ready all right what changes has begotten sir Goldstone, at least statistically so somehow i became more merciful uh so my merciful went from nine to ten and my uh, cruel went from 10 to 9. Um, not a whole lot else changed, except uh, my flirting went up from 16 to 17. My intrigue went up from 8 to 9. My orate went up from 10 to 11. And my recognize went up from 4 to 5. And also... Uh, lastly, my horsemanship went up from 12 to 13. All right. Well, at least you got some experience out of uh, this past year. Um, now, I would like you to add one to your age, which would make you what? Let me see. He's uh, looking like he's thinking to himself, like, oh, like, how old am I again? He thinks he's 27, but he might have forgotten to keep track of last year and is actually 28. So he uh, tosses that idea back and forth in his head a little bit. Yes, uh, which would make uh, Baldrick 20 and your new squire, uh, Arkel, 15. I wonder where they are. It's year 537, by the way. So yeah, Golison's just kind of like walking through the woods and uh, counting on his fingers. And then uh, decides that he is indeed uh, 27 years old. So, uh, economics. You haven't gotten any income out here. 
Uh, your armor has degraded quite a bit, so you're at minus two due to all the rust and ill treatment of basically been living in it. Luckily, uh, as we said earlier, you left your best outfit over at Egglehearth, but uh, that's now only worth two Libra because every year it loses half. Um, You don't know what's going on at your manor. You know your manor's not here. Uh, Now, uh, everyone's uh, most dreaded roll. I would like you to make a d20 roll, and there's going to be some modifiers. I rolled an 18. So Sir Golston is walking right now because he's coming back with firewood. He's bringing it, coming it back, coming back with firewood to build up fire in order to keep his one friend warm. Kelly lifts his head and seems appreciative of what you're doing right now. So beyond, despite all the negatives, an 18 was enough for Kelly to survive. Thank God I still have you, Kelly. And, like, he he seems agreement, and it seems to be coming out of his own kind of, like, melancholy as well. And, like, this is, like, the first that you've talked in a while. In fact, like, the words coming back to your head, and, like, you're saying them, but you're realizing, like, your throat's really dry. It's not like you've been having a whole lot to talk to or a whole lot of reasons to talk. And you're actually feeling quite thirsty at this point. Yeah, I stop for a moment as I kind of am listening to the words come out of my mouth and just feeling that hoarseness because I haven't said a word out loud in at least weeks. And um, as I kind of just feel that that harsh uh, dryness in my throat, I start to think to myself, how have I been surviving the days have been passing and i've been i've been what i've been camping i've been eating small game i'm guessing and who knows like he's just it's been such a blur to him he's he's been stark raving mad as he's been riding through these woods and only feels like he's now maybe coming to some kind of coherence so he's starting to think about like what have i been doing and uh, does he see any like water or uh, like a a source of uh, you know like rivers or or any any place he could like wash himself or or do anything like that, get a drink or something? Well, it's by your reckoning probably late February at this point. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. So it's super winter right now. So yeah. there's probably just snow. Melt, and... You can melt snow. Um, yeah. But you're realizing that you recognize this area. Um, looking around, um, you're like, this reminds you an awful lot of Hartford. You grew up around here, so it's kind of coming back to you. You know, at this point, like if you if you walked um, a little ways in pretty much any direction, you'll eventually come across a stream. But you're you're kind of like thinking really hard, and like your mental map is like reasserting itself in your consciousness. And, you know, a small crick, which you could probably break through the ice and get yourself and Kelly a drink if you like. Yeah. And I'm kind of treading through this somewhat familiar territory in a bit of a daze and maybe even thinking to himself, this must be what happens to men when they die. They revisit the places they 
they were when they were just lads. And he's just like, you know, it's like taking him a, a bit to like feel the wind and harshness on his face and be reminded like I, I am, you know, I am here. Like I, I've somehow made it through and like, now I need to, now I need to try to keep it together. So he's going to try to find like a, you know, even if it's just like getting a handful of snow and just kind of like cleaning his face off and, and taking a drink and just kind of like trying to like have a, have a good think for a second to try to like figure out like, like what, okay. Like, I think I, I think I've been off for a while and like, what do I, what do I do right now? Like, I think I need to get back home. And he's just kind of like, it's all just like starting to come to him now. I think that he's just like maybe been absent for a bit. And then he probably thinks like, Oh shit, Avielli. Like in his rage, he, had practically forgotten of her, you know, maybe just a lingering feeling in the back of his like heart, but he's just been so consumed that he hasn't even really considered anything of his, of his life. Um, So he's just like, kind of just like walking through the snow with a just very like confused look on his face and just, um, you know, trying to trying to get to uh, somewhere safe, maybe maybe a warm house or, or something. So in this winter phase, we're going to skip a few. We're going to skip romance, children and family. We're coming now to training and practice. And this is the point where you could change a personality trait, statistic or passion, train skills up to 15 or train a skill up to 20. Now, I'm going to say if you choose skills that you can't really pick any that can't be done out in the wild by by yourself. So which of these options would you like to pick? So I think what would make most sense is to pick a personality trait that would be appropriate to what he's feeling, even if that's not necessarily something that like, I think is, you know, like part of what his demeanor has been so far. Um, so I'm thinking he might become a little bit more vengeful um, because I kind of like the idea that you can use uh, points to, to, to like alter personality traits that like maybe like so far his actions haven't really earned him much vengeful right now, but I feel like he's been so angry riding through these woods for, weeks months he doesn't even know and he's just been just like consumed with this like kind of uh grief and hatred i guess so i think like what would it like what would have improved was just like him harnessing that hatred or something now you could totally pick vengeful if you like um there's also uh what avielli thinking of her has deemed the qualities of love's champion if you wish to pursue those thinking of her but ultimately it's up to you or you can do your con but if you vengeful is what you want you could totally pick that oh actually though con sounds really good because he survived this in the winter and i think that's like i mean that's like no small thing like he's just been riding through like the woods in the winter I think that like he's probably just been more focused on just like 
um, visceral survival than enduring. just like any, yeah, just enduring than like any kind of feelings. So yeah, just, uh, I think, uh, all right. Final, final decision, final answer, con. All right. Well then, uh, make sure you increase that by one and there's some derived statistics. I'll give you a moment to change those as well. Okay, cool. So what are your new stats for con and it's derived stats? So my new con is 18. My healing rate stays the same. If it's a strength plus con divided by 10 rounded up uh, would, would still be three. And my total hit points uh, went up from 37 to 38. All right. That's quite useful and appropriate not to take, um, talk you out of vengeful or anything, but you, you did get punished quite severely with um, this madness. And uh, yeah, who knows what uh, sort of state your life is in now that you're coming out of it. But Had it been summer, might have been vengeful instead of con. But it being winter, I feel like it's like, uh, you know, he, he probably didn't have the luxury of like focusing on a lot of things. So yeah, this is pretty much our first coherent thought in the past few uh, weeks or months as well. Um, so next is glory. So for the previous year, not that Golston knows what the glory is going to gain, but in game terms, it will be recognized by others when he comes back to the land of the living. Uh, he will be getting 548 glory. Again, you get quite a haul when you solo quest meant for like a team of four plus your annual and uh i included in the in the last year your 24 uh getting gaining size 20 but uh you could keep that in your annual as well so don't forget your 10 for holding land 100 for being a chivalrous knight and 100 for your queen's knights plus any notable um stats that you might have all right, so the 538 plus the 100 from Queen's Knights plus the 10 from uh, Landholding plus the 100 for Chivalrous Knight plus the 56 for, what was the 56 for again? The 56 is for uh, the Passions, of course. Uh, that's 804. Um, add that to my current glory of 4,238. That's 5,042. Well, you are still in the category of renowned knight, but you have crossed another thousand point threshold. So you do gain a glory point. Do you have some sort of idea what you'd like to blow that on? Size increase i mean you can um it is a game breaking rule but you were out in the woods not probably not eating a whole lot yeah true maybe strength. that'd be uh yeah okay that makes sense strength yeah because i think your strength's pretty low uh well it's not it's not very low but compared to your size be great to get you into the next damage bonus category yeah, it's definitely not high. So yeah, let's. That's smart. Um, strength uh, from ten to eleven. 
it is pretty low. But yeah, he's probably been really pushing himself. So he learned a thing or two about strength, and it's a uh, you know maybe it's like it's like a mental and it's like an adrenaline thing and stuff like that too. So plus all that firewood you've been carrying. Yeah, not not to talk talk you away from your decisions, just trying to help you inform them. So let's return to Sir Golston. He's a bit more cleaned up um, after he's gotten a drink and gotten one for Kelly as, as well. And he's standing outside this manor that's and staring up at this heraldry. And you're you're recognizing this land. Um, looking around, it things have changed in the past year or so. You don't know quite how long you've been gone. But um, you're definitely recognizing it as Anglehearth, uh, Lord Farron's Manor. Um, the work has proceeded on some of these new buildings. Uh, however, um, there's really no indication that uh, any anyone is like out there working. You know, like there's empty scaffolding, empty scaffolding surrounding the north side of the old manor. Um, partially set up, uh, you know, some foundations of where uh, Sir Farron was planning on build it, building the new foundation for the new addition. Uh, but uh, there's no foremen, there's no crews at work, no oxen, no diggers. Uh, the weather is clearing up, um, and it's not a festival day. In fact, it's, you know, sunny, but still a little dreary. So you're just you're kind of walking around and just noticing like the sub subdued um attitude about the area. Sorry. Am I able to just find like a passerby or is there anybody that I could just see like that's out walking and just kind of like ask them why it looks so desolate? You see in the uh distance actually um, a small figure riding atop a horse headed towards you in the manor. I'm going to try to hail the figure. And I imagine since it's kind of been so long since I've really talked to people, uh, he'll be kind of putting a little bit of excitement into it. And he probably, uh, you know, he probably was pretty quiet when he was, uh, having like a drink and kind of like warming up and stuff, but um, you know, he's excited to ask. So he's kind of just like um, he has his hand in the air, just kind of like trying to wave the wave, the figure down. Uh, make me a recognize with a plus one. Um, that's a pass five on a six. Um, well, as you cry out with your excitement, you actually startle the horse somewhat that the figure is riding, but the figure, <laughs> reaches down and gives it a pat on, on the side and says, whoa there. And like the figure brushes aside a hood and reveals a face and you recognize the figure, the writer as Lady Anne. That's her knight. What, what in the heavens are you doing out in this cold? He like squints his eyes for a second um, to try to get a closer look. And he's like, Lady Anne, is it, is it you? I, I'm afraid I I don't fully remember. I was at the tournament and my brother and I began riding through the woods. And she quickly crosses herself and says, Oh my word, it's it's Sir Goliston back from the dead. 
and she ironically makes it just because of your new uh threshold increase but um oh you you must be exhausted please please come with me Let, let's get you warmed up and uh yeah i almost like just immediately absent-mindedly begin following her and after a little bit i'm going to say where are all the people uh that is um that is some news for a more hospitable hearth. Come now, let's let's get you inside, get some more wine in you. So she takes you first to the stables where um, one of the few people around there helps with your horse. Um, you recognize him as a boisterous young lad named Pig Boy, and he's only too uh, grateful to help the uh, return from the living Sir Golston and his mighty steed. So he, he throws a blanket on uh, Kelly and brings like a brazier into the stables to help warm him, gets him some oats. Um, speaks about how thin both of you look. Uh, I look at him and I kind of chuckle as I remember the the time I first saw him, where he himself was living as if he was an animal. And uh, I just um, kind of give him like a a smile as best as I can muster, and um, and I, I just say thank you. And he starts to say "pig boy," but he stops and he's just like uh, "thank you." He he doesn't really know like what what this man uh, is addressed by now, but he. Uh, he just kind of like gives him a nod and he'll probably like sit um you know sit close to him for a while as he just kind of like ensures that uh that like Kelly's all set and stuff but he's doing it warmly he's not like doing it distrustfully he's just kind of like i don't know like lingering i guess uh like not wanting to really part with Kelly and uh just kind of like just standing around like smiling at pig boy um as you're Taking your time getting in, you're you're met quickly by the lady Zoe, who insists that you come at once into the hall and warm yourself. So, you know, with some begrudgingness, you leave your faithful steed and it's and his caretaker, I guess, um, for the uh, slightly less damp and cold uh, uh, manor hall. So, yeah, she. She receives you with uh, most uh, care, courtesy, and hospitality, offer you the finest foods and wines that she could uh, gather. Um, but uh, could you give me a suspicious roll, please? If I roll the number, is that a pass or a fail? Uh, it's a crit, actually. Okay, so I crit my suspicious. Oh, first off, check your uh, suspicious. Um, so despite all this attention... And like thought that Lady uh, um, Lady Anne and Lady Zoe are, you know, bestowing on you. You can tell that both of them are looking rather haggard, worried, and sad. And uh, Lady Zoe, in particular, looks like she's been crying a great deal lately. I think that Goliston will kind of respect the the silence at first, but it's. Because he's just coming from such a long bout of solitude, it makes him very uneasy. 
for people to like withhold information or to like keep secrets from him. So he probably will at some point just kind of like burst out and just ask Lady Zoe, just like, Lady Zoe, like, I, I beckon you, please tell me what's the issue. I, I cannot help but notice your distress and the absence of everyone. And I cannot tell if this is a, a strange dream I'm in right now. Uh, can you make me a courtesy roll, please? And your glory bonus will definitely add to this. A big nasty fail. Um, 20 on a 12. Well, given your condition, she seems to forgive your rudeness. It says, please, please, Sir Knight, any questions you have can wait till my lord uh, returns. Uh, he assures me that he will see you at uh, dinner tonight. Perhaps uh, perhaps a good washing and change might be in order. And then you see um, behind you, uh, Pig Boy has shown up with like like a wax canvas bag and like he's pulling like your clothing out of it. So like he's washing the clothes that I was, I was just previously wearing or no, he, um, it looks like uh, the clothing that you left behind because you weren't wearing your best clothing when you went out to fight a dragon. It looks like it was properly stored for you in case someone came back for it. So basically all the possessions um, that you do have, Besides, like, your armor and weapons that went with you and were probably rusted and battered all the hell. Like, they do have your stuff around, like, for the most part. Um, like, they have your clothing, but uh, um, upon investigation, um, Pig Boy says that uh, your squires, um, after searching for you for many months, um, eventually um, decided that they had to return back to County Warwick and spread news of what happened to you. So they've taken your horses and some of the um, other items you had, but uh, this was left behind in such haste. Yeah, so Golston is going to kind of uh, to, to Pig Boy, as Pig Boy is probably getting him kind of like washed and clothed and, and taking care of him and stuff. He's going to ask Pig Boy, how long was I was I gone? Oh, sir, you've been gone many months. It is but February now, and it was, it was like a spring day when you last left us. I fear you have missed, oh, quite a many months. It basically tells you you've been gone from May till late February. Yeah, and Golston just kind of scratches his head at that and it just kind of like thinks... Like, how is this possible? And he's like, uh, you know, as he's like um, drying off and putting his clothes on, he's saying uh, to Pig Boy, well, uh, I thank you for keeping this and uh, for not discarding it or or selling it or something, assuming me for dead. Uh, you, friend, I, I remember you. What I remember what you were called before, but what is it that they call you now? Oh, I am but a humble servant to Lord Farron and Lady Zoe, and he stops Lady Anne. So I go by whatever they, my, I go by whatever my master's name call me. Usually it's boy or groom or servant, but 
they're most kind, much kinder than my, and you could tell he's thinking the word father, but I'm willing to say it. And Golston just kind of like gives him like a nod. It's just like, hmm. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you. And he just kind of like, uh, he, he tries to like read if, if a pig boy remembers him, like he's assuming he does. And, and I think that Golston talked to him last year, albeit briefly when, when he found that pig boy was the servant here, but, um, didn't really say anything of significance. Are you going to try to, are you trying to get him to open up or are you asking him directly or are you just trying to feel him out? Just try to feel him out. All right. Uh, make me a, let's go with an awareness roll. Uh, 20 on a 12. So, so that's a botch. Um, oh gosh, what would be appropriate? Maybe you're not quite sure if he's like, like purposefully staying distance, you know? And as you're thinking that, uh, you notice that Lady Anne enters the chamber that you are in, and with a few bows, Pig Boy excuses himself. Yeah, Golestin gets very self-conscious at that. And just, he's like thinking to himself, like, I wonder if this guy knows that I killed his dad. He's definitely looking at me like he knows that I killed his dad. He can definitely tell right now. And there's just like a weird, like, uh... I don't know, weird kind of like awkwardness until he like eventually leaves. And um, Golston is just feeling like very self-conscious about um, about how he's perceived by a pig boy. He's like, wow, that guy thinks I killed his dad so much that he's not even willing to tell me his name. Yeah, I mean, you did. You probably started a civil war in Estragales. Yeah. Um, so when, uh, Lady Anne arrives, your, your hair is still wet. Uh, it seems that she waited just the most appropriate amount of time, the bare minimum, but she comes to you and says, my Lord, I, I know that you want answers and whatever I, whatever news or questions I can't answer, I will for the service that you've done for me and my family. Golestin is it's like he's been waiting for um, for the opportunity to ask um, with such excitement to the point that he just doesn't even know what to say anymore. And he's just kind of like, what, what happened? Where is everybody? Well, there's been lots of news lately. I mean, you weren't the only notable person to have gone mad lately. Um, they say Sir Mordred of Orkney went uh, mad in the Penguinus tournament uh, 534. In fact, he seemed almost suicidal in his charges. Kind of the tales remind me of what we saw in you. Um, gosh, what else? Uh, I'm not sure if you heard, um, but, um, my lady mother is in mourning herself as, as we all are for, we've, we've lost many a good night and, squire lately in fact uh besides your brother who um is buried out in the the family uh uh, plot recently uh squire paul has been killed as well and she explains that that would be her cousin lady's lady anne's nephew or lady zoe's nephew um and she explains that the 
heraldry that you saw outside was in fact a funeral monument to him. Uh, many of the others, including, uh, uh, sorry, many of the others, including uh, your brother, uh, Sir Mark, are off fighting the wars in Gomerit right now. Um, you see, uh, Estragales has descended into civil war, and uh, King Arthur um, sent his son, Sir Lohalt, to lead the peacekeeping force and aid King Garand's men against the Gomerit contingent. Um, let's see. Uh, um, though good Sir Gawain, uh, poor knight, uh, his lady wife, uh, Dame Regnell, has recently died as well. And Sir George, all of them dead. I have no suitors, you see. So here I am. But these are petty problems of just a young girl. Golston will kind of, um, he will thank her and he will assure her that no, these are, these are all indeed tragedies and you should not shame yourself for, for feeling grief in these losses. But I must ask you uh, what is, what is mainly on my mind? What of Lady Avielli? Ooh, can you make me an awareness roll? Um, that's a pass, a six on a 12. Uh, okay. First check your awareness and second off, like, as you say her name, like you sense something in Lady Anne, like almost like like you dash some sort of hope of hers. Um, but then she kind of like lowers her head and kind of bites her lip a little bit. Well, they say that uh she is in mourning, but her lord uh has given permission for once she's out of mourning for a young knight to marry her. Golston like uh, clenches a, a tight fist in his gloved hand, and he just like his face is just uh, strained and stern at the at the at hearing that, and he looks uh, extremely just bitter and enraged. I think under normal circumstances he would have treaded more lightly around that subject, or maybe not asked this particular person, but just coming up. Sorry, coming out of the wilderness, he's just kind of, you know, like, I need answers. Where's my lady type of mentality? Who does Falcone work for? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what what yeah. trait do you think is like um, kind of bubbling up to the surface right now? I don't know. Maybe, maybe vengeful or maybe selfish uh, because. Do you believe her? Yeah. No, he, he like he fully believes her. Like, okay. and if she if she was lying to to get his goat, then yeah, it works. That this okay. is what this is what she needed to say. How about you roll off between vengeful and selfish and see which one wins? Um, I critted vengeful. Okay, uh, roll uh, selfish. And I failed selfish. Okay. Um. Well, uh, check your vengeful, obviously. Um. So yeah, like. Actually, you you tell me, uh, like, actually, this is probably your uh, your selfish thoughts from the um, the woods earlier that uh, you're contemplating. So uh, tell me exactly what's going through his mind. Like, she Lady Anne's dropped like a bunch of huge bombs on you. Like you've been gone for a while, and she's dropped like a lot of stuff on. But it seems to all be overshadowed by this one thing. So. 
what are you thinking? Like, why, who, and what is your venge, your vengeance being directed at? So maybe it, it's hard. It's hard to uh, to rationalize. He he doesn't like fully understand that people have perceived him as dead for months, and he's still in his head when he hears that. Avieli's been, you know, given permission or whatever to like marry, to like move on and marry somebody else. He's just having this like feeling, this, this feeling bubbling up inside of him of like, no, like I'm not dead. Like I'm not dead. And he's just feeling this just like burning desire to just like, just go out and just scream and proclaim his his existence and to just like fight anybody who wants to um, like he, he would see like somebody who pursues her as, after like when he, he, cause he's not dead. So whoever's pursuing her is, is like a, as a bastard and like, you know, I'm vengeful towards, towards any, any knights that would pursue her. Like I'm not dead. You know, he's probably just like screaming that to himself. Like, you know, screaming that at his reflection and just kind of like brooding because he can't immediately tell her, you know? Are you actually screaming that? Or is this just all inside your mind? I think it would kind of bubble to the surface a little bit. And like, he would just be like straining his face and and red. And then when Lady Anne is just like, are are you good? He's going to just scream out, I'm not dead. And she kind of shudders and recoils uh, from you a little bit. And, like, the door bursts open. And here comes Pigboy with, like, a wooden stick and a bucket. And he kind of, like, like looks stunned to see what's going on. And moments later, Lady Zoe walks in as well. And is kind of, like, staring you down. Yeah, I I immediately like apologize. I'm just like, my lady, I'm very sorry to have lost lost my temper. It's just such distressing news to me that my my beloved may be moving on without me. It's just too much for me to to take. And he puts his hand on his heart and he kind of like uh puts his other hand out on a, a wall and starts leaning with his with his head down. She walks up to you and says, well, sir, you best remember your manners. Perhaps in time, you must learn to move on as well. Now, dinner is ready, if you wish it. And she kind of turns her back and leaves kind of coldly, which is not the hospitality that you've seen from her in in previous, but, you know, something's going on here. I would say as the room kind of probably clears out, Goliston is left with himself and he's just kind of like, uh, he catches a, a glimmer of his reflection in some water that's uh, like on the ground or something. And he says to himself, have I truly gone mad? So you're you're kind of contemplating this as well as you're sitting um, in the feasting hall and you're... Uh, you know, you're kind of pushing your porpoise and peas around the plate with your with your spoon and prick. Um, but like it's quite a 
quite a damp um, air and a mood that's going on. Um, and at some point, um, like everyone stands and rises as Lady Zoe and Lady Anne help uh, someone sit down at the table. Could you make me a recognized roll? That's a botch. Uh, 20 on a 5. You've been having a lot of botches lately, but uh, more importantly, who is this old man sitting in Lord Farron's seat? Yeah, this isn't my favorite dice anymore, by the way. But yeah, um, I'm kind of just like looking at at, uh, at the person in, in Lord Farron's seat, and I'm just like, this is odd. But given my previous bout of inappropriate outbursts i best mind my manners and maybe i can pick up who he is through observation and conversation so he just kind of gives a a nod like hey hey i see you there um but he's just kind of like who the hell is that um you can give me either intrigue or courtesy um to try to pick up on some of these cues your bonus um would apply as i'm assuming you're wearing your um your duds as well so that'd be a plus seven if you wish to make one of those um yeah so i rolled on courtesy and uh that's a pass a three on a 12 uh and the plus seven i think um basically what's happened is since he's so embarrassed about his previous outburst kind of he's gone into this like act of kurt of playing courteous and just like trying to like like i know i know how you're supposed to behave like that's one thing i haven't forgotten so like let's just stick to the routine and not have any more outbursts to to make them think uh i'm some kind of jerk who doesn't deserve their hospitality because i've been alone for months and this is you know i i can't bear the thought of being rejected by everybody so he's like almost like timid uh in a sense uh at this event so you observe the protocol as best you can and you realize that everyone around you are referring to this man this old thin frail man as my lord or even sir farron at times and like last last spring when you were here i mean he was going a bit gray but he was still vicious and strong and now he's thinner stooped he has deep lines in his face and circles under his eye he basically looked like he hasn't slept or some sort of malady has like befallen him but i i mean you're you had a long time not believing it was lord farron and it's either lord farron or you truly have gone mad yeah, he's I think once he kind of realizes that it is him, but he's just like aged or gotten so decrepit, he's it's like he feels like he's in some kind of surreal nightmare or something. And he's just not really sure what to say at all. He doesn't want to ask him how he's been because he feels like that could just be a huge faux pas, like just something very inappropriate to ask. But at the same time, he's just been in the dark and out of the loop for so long that there's so many like burning questions and he just wishes that somebody would tell him what's going on. Um, So he just kind of like is going to sit mostly uh, quietly, um, just 
like eating and drinking, but um, very somber in his tone and just not really speaking to uh, speaking to anybody. So this goes on and through the next course, like you see that Lord Farron, he is that is keeping conversation to a minimal and really straining to, you know, really do anything. And then he just sort of falls asleep in his chair and everyone's kind of like pretending it didn't happen because it is a huge discourtesy to his guests, but there's not really a whole lot of people here. And honestly, your, your stock here has fallen in the last year or in the last night, at least. So at some point, um, Lady Zoe and Lady Anne kind of like help him out of his seat and like see him off to bed as the feast has kind of a somber end. I think at the at the later stages of it, if I'm able to see either Lady Zoe or Lady Anne again, I would apologize to whichever one of them I saw for my like previous outburst and just kind of be like, um, you know, I, I apologize. I I'm afraid I'm still feeling some of the lingering effects of the wilderness um, on my psyche, and uh, I, sh- I shouldn't have shouldn't have acted in such a way. And you're rehearsing these words in your mind, and keep hoping to catch one or both of them at some point, but they fail to reappear. Um, but as the night grows cold, and you know, even the service uh, servants retire, looking nervous. Um, yeah, you're. You're made as comfortable as you can in the main hall. Um, and, you know, like you have, you have freedom of the manor and really none of the doors are locked, but you're, you're kind of left to your own devices. Um, and you're kind of, you know, a little restless at night and you're looking up and out of the window, you see the moon reaching its highest point in the sky. Um, can you make an awareness check, please? That's a pass, a nine on a 12. Well, in the distance, you hear the unmistakable sound of a man in armor descending a staircase. I walk over to the window and I just kind of look out to see who's who's leaving the manor in armor. So... He's not really leaving the manor, but kind of descending the staircase from his own quarters down into the main hall and crossing towards the expansion that was planned. And there's like little um, flimsy blanket kind of like keeping a a separation between the old and new hall. And you're seeing uh, Sir Farron and he's like, his breathing's quite deep and like there's he he seems quite pale, but he's walking sword in hand just right past you, slowly and painfully. He's moving across the floor, and he's making his way to the new construction site. Um, I just observe him for a little bit. Does he look to be aware of what he's doing? Is he sleepwalking, maybe? Well, his eyes are... Um, open and he appears to be determined although in a lot of pain and as he's moving and uh he kind of walks through the little uh the uh, curtain into the next area are you following or do you stay behind i'm gonna follow him uh Goliston would would say to himself 
you know, first he he would be like, I should probably leave this alone. I'm I'm on pretty bad terms right now. But he also is gonna say to himself, if the if the old man has gone mad or gone ill, I should probably keep an eye on him to make sure he's okay. I, I'll just stick behind and I won't bother him. I'll just keep an eye on him. Are so he's take- gonna oh sorry. Are you taking anything with you? I can't imagine so. No. I I he's probably just kind of following after him in his night clothes. Well, then you park the curtain as well, and you see across a construction site, the there's no roof on this part of the building, and the moon kind of like ascends the the wall, and then the pale light kind of like reveals like some sort of spectral form, and you watch as Sir Farron and this specter um start engaging in what appears to be armed combat. Golston is Golston is pretty shocked. He's he's seeing the Lord basically duel a ghost like at night. Yeah, and like this this specter form, it's like wearing some like ancient British apparel and it appears to have like one of those like old Roman type uh, swords and shields and like those uh helmets with the the horse hair fringes and the cheekbone covers and the the two are just like locked in battle and like the spirit has like the look of an ancient warrior and he's just going at it uh sir Farron seems to be mostly just holding his ground and fighting defensively um having done this yourself um you, you kind of know the look like almost like he's just trying to like endure it um but at some point, uh, the spectral figure like like gets by uh, Sir Farron's defenses, and you see this short blade kind of like get underneath uh, Sir Farron's shield and stab him in the stomach. At which point, uh, Sir Farron falls to the ground. Sir Goliston uh, probably cries out, "Lord Farron!" and uh, rushes over to him. And as you uh, rush, you your scream has woken others in the castle as well. And, you know, Pig Boy shows up again with his stick and bu- bucket. And not soon after is uh, Lady Zoe, who kind of, like, as you go down to, like, examine the Lord, kind of brushes past you and says, Out of my way, out of my way. I must attend to meet the needs of my husband. And... Like, as you kind of protest, she she looks at you sternly and says, uh, please go. I shall speak to you more on this in the morrow. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll kind of, like, reluctantly retire back to my room, but still very restless over, like, what did I just see? And, like, trying to kind of, like, um, decipher her reaction and stuff like that. Like, she seemed like she knew. Uh, or she seemed like uh, she wasn't entirely surprised or something. And like, what did I just witness? Like a ghost or a specter? And, you know, all these thoughts are just kind of like racing through his head as he paces around the uh, the bedroom. So not getting a whole lot of sleep for the rest of the night? No. I mean, who knows, like, how much sleep you have been getting. Like, you don't feel tired at this point, but it's there's it's just weird at this point and you can't remember the last time you got a good night's sleep, but here you are 
obviously physically exhausted but unable to and you kind of just sit there and kind of stew in your own thoughts about the situation until you see the the sun kind of dissolving some of the um the fog and light kind of pours in through the windows so the next morning lady zoe does indeed come to you as she promised and offers her most heartful apologize for her words previously she says uh sir golston i am so sorry to have kept the nature of things from you worthy men are are a worthy man you are and your concern is noted but my husband is proud and refused any aid in this matter only his worsening condition brings me to speak of these things to you now in part i think he is convinced that there is no aid for him i hope this is not the case but let me explain then she begins to tell you the tale of the work being started on the new manor hall she recounts that things went well at first especially with the discovering of the old foundations and stone that could be used in the new building but after clearing most of the old foundations workmen began to desert the site when hauled up before his lordship they defended themselves claiming that they felt cold hands on themselves as they work they spoke of whispered voices warning them to leave unattended tools moving on their own accord sometimes onto people working below uh, whippings failed to improve attendance at the work site when a scaffold collapsed killing a stonemason the laborers fled the site in mass the night the mason was killed was really the start of it lady zoe continues a smell like something dead came blowing in off the diggings strange sounds from under the earth from hell itself i suppose frightened the household servers so badly that they cowered in the chapel my lord husband went out to investigate ordering me to remain in the chapel for hours he did not return i could not remain hidden not knowing what transpired as dawn approached i crept out in search for my husband from the diggings i could hear the sound of combat there i spied him engaged in combat with a specter straight from the inferno barely visible in the night air he glowed with a hellish light as he struck my exhausted husband my lord's mail was torn in places and dry blood covered him desperately he parried the strokes aimed at him by the fiend this went on and on i thought i would see thought i would scream to see my lord's lifeblood flow on the ground for while wounds opened on his body the strokes he gave the, to the monster might as well have been hewing into smoke when it seemed that my lord would fall from the sheer exhaustion a cock crowed in the village and the specter faded away with the first light of dawn after the first night my lord lay abed all day he barely spoke hardly ate and seemed melancholy beyond beyond all words though my lord is not young the gray that crept into his hair after one night with the spirit was more than all his previous years had gained him each night the spirit returned and my husband roused from his sickbed to go out and fight it as the night as the nights have gone by his condition has worsened he has aged before my eyes each day he stirs less eats less says less in my fear i try to prevent him from going out to meet the fiend again i have my servants tie him to his bed that night the creature appeared as usual while my lord husband cried and wailed from his bed the fiend stalked into the house and slew my lord's eldest squire, my nephew. And she pauses, head down, and a dry, racking sob escapes her. 
Then the apparition returned to his waiting place, though only for the night. Though I hate it with all my heart, I have not bowed my husband again. Once the supernatural nature of this problem became clear, I called for the village priest. I admit, I admit that he is no expert on these matters. A fact he certainly repeated to me often enough, but at my insistence, he gathered up all the relics from our shrine and the village church and went into the excavation site to confront the spirit. His voice quavered through the day's rituals. The ground spoke as he cast holy water around, and the priest dropped his silver sprinkler. Breezes smelling of slaughter blew out his candles. As night fell, the spirit appeared, and the priest ran screaming into the darkness. No one has seen from him again. In my desperation, I recall the possibility for help, and implore you, worthy one, to seek out the skinny man who helped me, helped me once before. And then she kind of looks down and looks at you for a price. Save me for a price. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.